Fesser. Fesser, the delivery right by Adams. Rebound! It's Bjork Olsen! And Vermont Green up two! Cohen claims a body. Kobe over the goalie and Vermont Green in front again. Ryan Kobe. Salvez. O'Neal the turn. Mark O'Neal. Ridiculous stuff. Oh, baby, Mark O'Neal, that was a delight. Finds a way to get it to Lily, who gets it to Nwagbo. He puts it on target. Oh, Diva Nwagbo did it from the sideline. Diva Nwagbo, highlight reel. Hey, welcome, listeners, to United in Green. Uh, We're back again. Uh, second week, breaking down games. Uh, we got a couple of games to look at today. Uh, I'm here with my good friend, Will. How you doing today, Will? Well, it's rainy and some Tuesday, but we're talking about some football, so it's better now. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. It's good way to, good way to think about it. And, uh, of course, uh, we have, uh, our man with the plan, Tyler, the creator. How you doing? Doing well. Yeah. Rainy day. Also smoky and weirdly hazy for a long stretch, which was, Odd, but yeah, glad to be here talking about football on a rainy Tuesday. Yeah, I, I had this like, I had all those like the dandelion fuzzies flying around my house yesterday, and it was like almost like it was snowing, but it had the haze of that of the the wildfires in Canada, and that kind of sucked. It was tough to be outside trying to grill, but like, you know, you do it. You got to do what you got to do for the family to eat. You know. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. And when, when and when you're as good a griller as you are. Uh, that oh, smoked Jesus. pork butt from uh from this past weekend. You, you got to grill. It's for the people. <laughs> you got to do it. You got to do it. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, I I figure we just get right into it and uh we can start talking about uh about the the weekend game. We have two games to break down. I mean, a lot of this week's a lot of fixture congestion. We got you know we had the game on Saturday. We got had a game on Monday. Uh, both league games. We got a friendly coming up and then right back into the weekend, we got another game that's away. So let's, uh, let's start talking about, uh, what we saw with Seacoast United. Uh, Tyler, you want to get us, get us rolling here? Yeah. I mean, I think it goes without saying not the result that the team or the fans wanted, but, uh, first and foremost, worth pointing out that it was a heck of a fight. We knew it was going to be a tough game. These are, you know, perennial contenders for division winners. So, and we saw how good they were last year. Um, it was going to be a fight and it was a fight. Uh, I think the th- my takeaway from the whole thing was that this scoreline doesn't reflect the game. Um, we had way more possession. We had more chances. Um, and just there was a couple of mistakes along the way that led to giving up two, I think at least two of the three goals were, you know, individual errors or collective errors, but um you know, a, a tough loss, but not ex- not totally unexpected. And I think, um, you know, it would the team bounce back nicely in the next game. And I think for us as fans, the, seeing how hard those those boys played, it's it's hard to even to walk away feeling like you were let down. That was a a good fight and a hard fight. And uh, we'll we'll get them next time. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, we were pretty hyped coming into coming into the game. You know. Uh, as, as far as the fans go, I mean, y- you could feel a little, uh, a, a little groundswell, you know, kind of, kind of building in the parking lot. A lot of people are excited going into the game. Uh, we were excited having a great time in the lot, you know, with the Green Mountain Boys. Um, you know, we had some food in us. We were getting some drinks and, you know, I was excited and I was nervous and, you know, we get, we get into the game and, you know, we, we hit our spots and, 
And uh, for me, uh, right off the bat, I thought I thought we were gonna we were gonna run this team. Um, yeah. It was certainly like it was certainly you know high energy, lots of possession immediately. Um, you know, and and you know, I don't know. Will thought about like about the the immediate impact that that the left side with Messer and and, and Gavork. You know, I mean that that was that was something else that that goal was something else yeah you know obviously the 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 third or fourth minute you know to go up early against you know a major rival was a great start uh you know i really think that you know in a sense you know it's a new team you know seacoast knows we were good from last year but how good is a question and you know we come out and we jump them essentially you know in the fourth minute i think everyone kind of expected smooth sailing from there but um you know, I think this was a game where, you know, if Seacoast weren't necessarily deadly with the ball, uh, they finished their opportunities. And I think that, uh, you know, I'm sure the first message out of Coach Pfeiffer uh, practice the next day was we're going to work on some corners because, you know, it's tough to give up, you know, two headers on corners. Um, and, you know, I, I can't imagine that, you know, Coach was happy with that. Yeah. They came out of the gates so hot and, Obviously, the fourth-minute goal helps. There was a chance in the seventh minute that was really close. The press was on. We were winning second balls and, and and intercepting a lot of passes in the midfield. Like, everything was clicking. And then I remember sort of feeling that maybe – I think Seacoast had a chance, like, in the 12th minute, and then they kind of leveled the ship. And somewhere in the 20th or so minute, I just felt like, okay, like, this is kind of like a holding pattern – which is fine, but you know, I think there was a general sense of of, of nerves in the crowd that one zero wasn't going to be enough, and we had a lot of possession. There were a bunch of chances, but it just didn't feel like totally like it was it was locked in, and uh, it, and that's that ended up being the case. I, I feel like uh, yeah, Seacoast is a type of a team that will, you know, they don't necessarily have to come out on the front foot. They can they can kind of settle into the game and wait for wait for the game to come to them. And and they certainly did that. They played to their strengths. Um, for me, I didn't think they were a particularly a particularly uh, good side. Um, I think they were strong. Uh, they were strong defensively. Um, they they played well in the midfield, but I you know their attack I didn't really seem that that exciting to me. Um, you know, with a team like Vermont Green, I mean, who so far has shown us that we hold, we can hold possession. Um, We're strong in the midfield and uh, that, that helps us to be strong defensively. Um, You know, I have to agree with, with Will, like we, this team needs to possibly, you know, find a way to work on some corners and, and maybe, maybe get some set piece coaching in there. Um, I, I, you know, I think, a lot of our second half in the second half, a lot of our crosses weren't, weren't hitting either. Um, They just into space on the far post and nobody's there, you know? So that's, you know, it's kind of tough, you know, when, you know, you give up a rough goal, that first goal was a, that they scored was kind of, was kind of a rough goal. And, and for me, um, that kind of, that kind of turned the tide right there and, and set things in motion for the rest of the match. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, you know, obviously it's a Seacoast is a good team, but you know, the thing that I really walk away with is that they're a big team. I mean, these were tall guys. 
You know, the center back sat back in the box, you know, pretty much the entirety of the game. Uh, you know, I think Kavork had a great strike to go up early. And I, I, you know, I sat back wondering why, why not recreate that move? You know, a lot of the time it felt like we were getting to the box after that and the end product sort of fizzled out there. Um, and then I think we sort of switched to, you know, a lot of crossing. And again, it's either we, you know, targeted the inside of the box and, you know, their massive defenders cut it out or, or we, we shot it over. Uh, to connect on the wing and, and the winger wasn't home or it was out of position. And so I, I, it just, it felt like an off night. And I think that that physicality uh, made it tough going, um, you know, any sort of creativity in the box, you know, wasn't really there. Uh, you know, I think that was just a night where the defenders just really got the better of our players, you know, even in the second half when we switched up, put new players on there and it still wasn't producing what we were looking for. Um, you know, I think Charlie Adams is a fantastic player, but I, I kind of envision him more in the interior. Um, you know, obviously I'm not the coach, but I, I just feel like, you know, his, uh, his ball carrying is more suited on the interior midfield than, you know, perhaps running a pace down the, um, down the wing. So I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, the next time we get to watch a match, um, how we address that. I think there may be some more players with, different packages and tools that can um, perhaps, you know, offer a little more in that area uh, for teams like this. Um, that's not to say that I don't think Charlie Adams is fantastic. I do. I just think that the way Seco set up really sort of uh, stymied him, um, you know, and it was tough going. I, I almost feel like we were, the team was a victim of their own success. I think, you know, picking the lock that early in the game and you think, Oh, we got this. And, you know, had that, had we not scored that early goal, I think it wouldn't have been a very different approach and a different sort of feel to the game of sort of like a lot of possession, a lot of ball moving around the top of the box, trying to get work away, work our way through. And I think, um, Gavork and, 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 uh, and Messer just had like a wonderful interplay on the left side and we're just, like getting tons of chances uh, in the first 20, 30 minutes. And I think Seacoast decided and realized that they had to shut that down pretty quickly. And once that channel was, was sort of like stifled, then it became harder and harder to create chances. I think uh, Zach Zanke coming on the second created a lot of energy, a lot of movement, and you could see some more um, opportunities coming from his, his inclusion, but Look, like their defense was amazing. I mean, Max Murray's a big, strong, tall dude. We saw him playing for UVM. Uh, and every cross was either cut out by the, the, their center backs or was forced wide because of their being there. And so you're sort of moving the ball back and forth, but not getting those sort of like really golden opportunities in the middle. So, you know, credit to them for playing strong defense. I think we had a, a ton of, a, not a ton of chances, but plenty of chances to, to, to change the, the overall feel of the game. But, it's it's tough. They were a strong defensive team. There's no two ways about it. Yeah, I mean, they. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I think that once they once they uh, got that second goal, it's it's it became a it became a situation where they're kind of playing that Burnley kind of park the bus, pack the box kind of a thing, and just and settled in and and, and wanted and rightfully so, uh, you know, trying to take the the three points because. In this league, three points is it's so valuable, so valuable, man. Um, I mean, it can't be understated. So, you know, I I just think going forward, um, there's a there's there are some things to work on. Uh, we're going to see some new players coming in too. I mean, um, we still have some a couple of center backs coming from out west. Uh, um, 
it, so you never know you never know what's going to happen how the how the squad's going to shape up but you know these first four games you know taking taking nine points isn't that bad it's it's not a terrible thing um we got some big games coming up and you know like i said it, a lot of fixture congestion in here um some guys looking to make their mark some guys trying to trying to um keep their spots i you know i think guys like Gavork and 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 Zach Zenge are, are they're going to benefit from a little bit of a rest here and there um so i, I mean i don't know what you, how you guys feel about about you know how the how coach Pfeiffer is rotating the squad do you think he's rotating it enough do you think we're we're not we're we're getting guys obviously we talked about how Charlie Adams you know what might work better and you know he's a better ball carrier um so he can work better through the inside be more creative um and and put some maybe put somebody like Zach on the outside or do you think that we just need more rotation give more players chances uh in different in possibly different situations well you know it's a little you know curious because we were pretty set formation <clears throat> with um you know, we have a forward, and then we have three midfielders, you know, uh, two double pivot. And, you know, that kind of limits, you know, sort of that 10 spot, um, you know, for the amount of players you can put in with the more attacking skill set in the midfield. So, you know, so you're sort of looking at like a Zengi or a Kamal in that spot. And Zengi definitely offers a lot of that directness that I like. Uh, you know, I'd almost be willing, you know, I'd be interested to see, you know, if using that double pivot, perhaps putting somebody more attacking in there and having Pacella sort of, you know, take more of an underlying six role uh, to see if that would change things around. You know, I'm also just curious to see more players rotate through. You know, we really haven't seen, you know, all too much of a lot of these players, frankly. You know, we've, you know, you know, Dylan Lane and, and Probo, you know, they both started uh, against BlackRock, but we really haven't had the opportunity to see them play. So I'm definitely curious to see what they can offer. Uh, you know, I we've had so much success to start, but I don't think that, um, you know, this dip against Seacoast means that we've ran out of ideas at all. I think that, you know, we just came up against a team that lined up right, but I, I think there's a lot of creativity and options left in this team. And, and I'm curious to see that as we move forward on that. And the other thing to keep in mind is that, yeah, you know, we, we, were, we went into this game, you know, talking about how big it was and how big of a deal it was, but you, know, you look at the standings and, you know, when we're talking about finishing in the top two to guarantee a playoff spot, obviously you can get, you know, into the playoffs with the third spot, but that's more dependent on other divisions. Pioneers are only two points ahead of us with, you know, and, and we have a game in hand on them. They've drawn twice. Uh, so, you know, it, it's very much in play here. And, and, you know, we're right there up, you know, with Seacoast and Pioneers as far as goal differential. You know, Pioneers have this lopsided goal differential from that 10-1 they put up. But, you know, you take that away and, you know, we, we score, you know, it, so if we can magically erase games, what I'm saying is with that anomaly, you know, we're right there with them with the attacking and the defense. And so, you know, I think there's plenty of season left to go. And, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to that Pioneers game, which is going to be the next home game, actually. Uh, so I think that's probably, you know, what the coach has in mind. You know, obviously, we've got some games between there. Um, but, I, you know, I'm definitely thinking about, you know, that. And I think that Boston City and Albany probably present some pretty great opportunities to, you know, get back into the groove of things. You know, um, Boston City's you know, lost every game. So, you know, negative 15 goal differential. So I think, you know, we have some opportunity to build some momentum going to that, to that match. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it's far too early in the season to start panicking in any capacity whatsoever. And 
I would even go so far as to say, I think there's a real value into running up against uh, a team like Seacoast early in the season. Um, obviously like the outcome, a win would have been nice, but I think, you know, facing are the, the other two teams that are going to be fighting for these top two spots this early in the season to getting a sense of like what that level of play feels like. And, uh, you know, this sting of defeat, I, I would argue that there's some benefit there. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's, you know, when you're winning games three Oh on, on a consistent basis, you don't have to start thinking about other approaches or other, um, uh, you know, other ways to, to, to win games if you're just winning quite easily. So I think there's a, there's a real sort of tactical and psychological benefit to sort of like, you know, hitting that, hitting that wall and being like, all right, like, how do we solve this problem? We come across it next time. And, um, you know, and it was, again, not for lack of heart and hustle, like those guys are out there giving it their all. And, um, it's just good to get a sense of what the competition's doing. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, it's hard to get a sense of, of, you know, where the, where the standings will be this early in the season, but it definitely seems like we're keeping pace and, you know, keeping pressure on, on Western Mass and, and Seacoast. Also, the yeah. one shame is that the Seacoast away fixture is a Tuesday night, so makes an away day pretty difficult. Oh, because yeah. I really want to give it back to their fans and their players after yeah. they shushed us on uh, on Saturday after they scored. So, but... Hey, I told you, and I I told you that they were they were going to be up for the game, and they're gonna yeah. they were gonna want us to be cheering the as as hard as we were. Um, we have actually we have a listener question coming in uh, from a friend of the pod, Tyson. Uh, he wanted to know what what uh, could we learn from this game? Uh, you know, as both both as a team and as fans, I think we've kind of talked about how how we're gonna how we're gonna learn from as a team, but. How as fans can we learn from this game? I mean, uh, I'll just say a, a, a losing day at Virtue is better than a winning day pretty much anywhere else in this division. I mean, there's 2,500 people there. The atmosphere was just awesome before and after. Um, like support throughout was great. The, you know, seeing the players talking to families and kids afterwards was amazing. Um, there's just no other experience in the league that I can think of in, or at least in our division that matches what's happening up here. So I think from a fan perspective, like it was, you know, it was great, um, outcome aside. And I think, you know, even in talking to some of the players afterwards, like, you know, walking around with my kids after and, uh, talking to, to Daniel and you could just see that they'd, they, they were exhausted. They'd given every, every ounce of effort they could. And, there was like genuine disappointment uh, there and a feeling that they'd sort of, you know, um, done everything, but let folks down. And that's not the sense I think, you know, in talking to you guys, like nobody felt let down by the effort at all. Um, it was just a tough game. Um, but yeah, I mean, from fan perspective, you know, uh, scoreline aside, just like an amazing atmosphere, amazing fans. And like, yeah, it's hard to top that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I think I told you guys, you know, I told the Green Mountain boys that, like, you know, talked talk to Gavork after the game, you know, saw him uh, in the parking lot with my daughter. He was walking through with Musa and and, uh, you know, he apologized, you know, to us. And, and you know, as I think I think as fans, we we can take a little uh, we use that as a learning experience that these guys uh, these guys do care. 
you know, they're not big time professional players who are getting paid big time contract money. You know, they're, they're out there working to be that, working to be that player, working to be that person. Um, but they do, they do care about, about the club and about the community and, uh, and the fans. So, I mean, that was kind of my takeaway was that they have, uh, you know, an intense already have built an intense love for the fan base and, and, and care about us as much as we care about them and, and, and pleasing, you know, pleasing us and putting out a good product on the field. And, and for, for me, that that's, that's really, that's pretty awesome, you know, you know, and, uh, it, and it doesn't matter whether or not these guys are big superstars or, you know, uh, for, for me, you know, I always get kind of starstruck talking to these guys because they do things that I never could do and I never have done. And, and uh, to, to be able to go do that and entertain people and then come off the field and be, still be a, a good person is, you know, that's, that's pretty friggin' cool, man. Uh, we have a one more, uh, we have one more question coming in. Uh, this is from uh, our, our friends of Vivid Coffee, um, and uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of off of off of the game itself, uh, but it says uh, it's a question about the the U.S. Open Cup. Um, so, in order to qualify for that, we have to win the division. So, uh, <laughs> he said, "How would we have to win the division to qualify for the U.S. Open Cup?" Right. The playoffs would be cool, but how dope would the U.S. Open Cup be? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, it's gonna be. It would be pretty cool. I don't think that's the the end the end goal necessarily is to get to that tournament. Uh, I think that would be super cool myself. Um, I'm. I mean, it's funny that that uh, that question was raised. Um, I was in Pittsburgh this past fall and got to swing by the Riverhounds Stadium there. And, uh, and they're hosting Cincy tonight. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's really just the, the beauty of this, of, of the, of this competition is that, you know, we could conceivably have, you know, LAFC swinging by <laughs> Burlington, Vermont for a, for a friendly showdown. Uh, and that'd be amazing. And I think, you know, fingers crossed that something like that happens. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, they also mentioned that, that, they think that at Vivid Coffee, uh, you know, I, I think that defeat will wake the boys up and help them to get not to get so comfortable in the future with, you know, in, in the difficult matchups. Uh, you know, I mean, again, one one uh, upsetting kind of loss isn't going to derail the entire season. I mean, we've already we've already actually bettered our season start from last year. Um. And I, and I think a team and a coaching staff like Vermont Green has is a team that will learn and they'll get better as the season goes on and the players get better as, as they're coached through the system and, and adding new pieces here and there into that system for these guys to learn is going to make, is going to make it harder for um, opposing teams to defend us. You know, that virtue, virtue is, is going to be, is going to be hopping, man. Um, and, uh, I'm excited for the, I'm, I'm still excited for the rest of the season. I'm excited for the next couple of weeks here. It's going to, it's going to be an exciting time in Burlington. 
Look, I think the Seacoast game is probably more of an aberration than anything else at this point of the season, the data suggesting. <clears throat> I mean, you know, we've played, you know, three other league games in a friendly, um, you know, two of those in a way. And other, every other game this season, we've scored two to three goals, and we haven't had any goals scored against. So, you know, I think this team can do it on the road. I think we've keep, we've kept four clean sheets out of five, comp, you know, in all competitions. And, you know, we, we, we got beat by Seacoast. And, I, and I, I don't think that's going to be, you know, an indicator of how the rest of the season goes. You know, I think if we want to talk about U.S. Open Cup, you know, I, I would love that personally. Um, but, you know, that's still on the table. So we just need to keep plugging away here. I, th- I think that, you know, I can confidently predict that I believe we're going to win the next two, uh, you know, on the road. And then I think we'll roll in uh, with Virtue Field uh, with Western Mass and put on a show. And I think then, you know, we'll see where we're at after that point. Um, so, you know, it does hurt to lose against Seacoast at home for the second year in a row. But I, I don't think that they're even thinking about this game anymore. I, I, You know, the players, I don't think they're thinking about it anymore. No, hell no. I mean, I think really, like, it's 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 hard. It's just like going to sound strange but there's it's a good kind of loss it wasn't a total collapse it wasn't total domination um you know we obviously don't have the stats you know specific stats but i reckon we had what 70 percent possession maybe it was like a lot 65 of, at least at the very yeah, least it yeah. was, it, we held on to the ball we had a lot of chances um you know the first goal was just like a pinball like unlucky sloppy corner the second one was just like you know, a bad giveaway that led to a series of misadventures and like two missed clearances. And look, like it sounds weird to say this, but like it's it was a, some odd circumstances and some, you know, individual mistakes as opposed to like an entire like systemic failure. And that's kind of like a, always a, sound like a weird argument to me because like a game is nothing but individual choices and like along the way. But like some of those choices are bigger than others, you know, Um for those of you who watch, I think you should leave. Sometimes one egg is 40 eggs. Uh, but it's, it's, it's not like we got blown out of the water. Uh, and I, you know, I think it's just going to be a blip looking back at the, at the end of the season, a blip along the way where like, oh yeah, that happened, but it's not going to be the thing that defines the team or the season by any stretch. Um, thoughts on, I, we didn't have a stream. Uh, for- I was going to say, I was going to say, you know, talking about epic failures. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what I mean, we it is 2023, right? I get that it's a developmental league. Maybe they don't have a lot of fans there, which you know, watching some of the the highlights from the from the sideline video that Vermont Green FC was taking, um, there weren't many fans there. It seemed like there were more people cheering for Vermont Green there, but. At the same time, you are a pre-professional club with with a you know a, a, a youth academy system. Um, you got to have a camera. Like it's it's oh, it's really not that hard. I mean, my son's my son's youth youth team setup has a camera that they that they put up at the games to you know to track the players and you know do player development stuff. This is not it's not a hard thing to do. Um, like I said, it's 2023. Get your shit together, BlackRock. You know, hey, look, I'm not defending BlackRock, but I will say <laughs> it does show the gulf in projects in in this uh, not only this division, but I think in the USL two in general. 
Um, you know, it's, it's inconceivable. You know, we have been in existence for a season and four games, and it's already inconceivable to our fans that there isn't a Nesson quality stream of the game. And I think that goes to show just the absolute appetite of our quickly growing club. I, you know, uh, if we can spin it positively, I mean, yeah. it, it, it would just be inconceivable to us at this point not to stream our games. We and have we clubs, have slow motion and other replay. Clubs like BlackRock, I I don't know how long they've been around, but you know that that's a thing. Uh, but for yeah. us in this nascent club, it's inconceivable, and, I, and it shows the passion. I really, I you know, if we're going to spin it into any sort of positive, which I'm trying to do, is really pissed not to be able to watch that game. Um, <laughs> You know, but it, it, yeah, I, I, um, I mean, I'm sure our voices were heard about that. You know, I'm sure that, um, it got back to BlackRock that, you know, the Vermont Green and their fans were annoyed, but hey, um, <laughs> I mean, enough of this amateur, better. enough of this amateur BS. <laughs> Pulling back even more big picture, like, yeah, I mean, I, I do graphic design for a living and having worked with a couple of other USL two clubs and sort of gen, you know, generally getting a, having a sense of what other clubs are putting into their marketing and branding and sort of game day experience stuff. It really is like a insanely wide range of like bare bones next to nothing. Like, Oh, you show up, there's probably a game going on uh, to places like, um, like like our like Vermont Green and uh Minneapolis SC and like there are places that are doing really amazing things as USL two clubs and are generating like really good match experiences and fan loyalty and just like you know professional level streams, jerseys, like just it's just it it's it's pretty wild going from like team to team and seeing the difference. And yeah, let's put a positive spin on it. We're really lucky to have super high quality streams consistently amazing commentators uh it's just the whole thing's like like a great experience in 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 the stadium and if you're watching from afar so hats off to everybody who's doing the good stuff i love how positive yeah. you guys are i'm 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 not i'm not necessarily a happy clapper all the time you know? well, here's the thing. i have a question for you speaking of graphic design yeah um did the fact that Seacoast were just running around in their knockoff bullshit Man City kits not just Boom. piss you off even more? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I feel like the the super basic flat blue man sort white of kit short, which mm-hmm. sort of kind of matches their overall vibe, and I'll leave it at that. Just sort of like <laughs> like. Oh yeah, like you know, uh, you know, it's 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 fine. It's kind of like you know, if you got like. Just plain vanilla at uh at Ben and Jerry's. You wouldn't you'd be writing about it or talking about it days later. You'd be fine with it, but it's not going to be the best thing you've ever had. Uh, yeah, the Man City the Man City culture not help. Apologies to Man City fans, but you know, no, I'm not apologizing. To also, them. no, no whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's some. It just really struck. You know, it really you know hammers home how fortunate that we are and frankly obsessed we are as vermont green fans with our kits um to think that their plain blue is just Look, untenable you know i mean we're 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 the fashion icons of the league so far and let's, I think let's positive spin this one as well on the same day that you're, you're playing plain blue plain blue like store-bought uh uh boring kits uh we the vermont green sold out of the amazing uh, spring kits that that Matt Wolf designed, and they're probably, you know, uh, being worn all around the world, and will soon be like restocked and worn by even more people. So yeah, let's let's take the the positive view of this one as well. And look, I love that wildflower kit, but I'm yeah. also a uh, tie dye enjoyer. So if there anybody else is out there 
you know, wear that kit to the, the stadium because I'm still wearing it. I, I feel like I'm the only one, but my son, my son wore his. I my love that kit. His. Yeah, it's a good kit, man. I mean, we're not, we're not, you know, hurting for really much of anything with this club. I mean, we're like you said, we're super fortunate, like to have, we have our good streams. We have uh good match day experiences with, with food and beverage, you know, the good folks at, at Plink and Vivid Coffee. Uh, Vivid Coffee even provided fresh goddamn strawberries for the kids this weekend. I mean, Absolute kings. Yeah. I mean, how, I mean, what other, what other kind of stuff can you ask where we have, we have alcoholic beverages, we have uh, beverages for the kids, we have cheese steaks, we have, you know, uh, onigiri, we have, you know, a wealth, of, a, a wealth of great stuff plus giveaways and that kind of stuff. Ben and Jerry's is there. Like the match day experience is second to none. We have that great stream with the, with the uh, slow-mo instant replays. We got great announcers on the stream. We got a great announcer, uh, you know, in the booth on field. Uh, We got a great supporters group. We have a great, just amazing, you know, group of fans and, that's all outside of what is provided for the rest of the community and the fans that's on the field. Like there's a lot of stuff that goes into this every single day. And we're so fortunate to have that. It's awesome. It's awesome. Well, you know, as long as we're on this tangent, because frankly, it's hard to talk about the game against BlackRock, which we didn't see. What was your guys' reaction to the uh, Men and Blazers event? Because I, I don't think we've touched on it, and you know that's a big deal. Um, yeah. uh, what were your guys' thoughts? I um I, I always think it's interesting to hear the outside perspective on something that you're really close to or that you're involved in, because I feel like it's very easy, you know, almost like in response to our conversation about how fortunate we are, it's very easy to for to lose sight of what you have or what you're doing or to appreciate sort of what's been done around you and to have Raj come up uh, and visit is amazing. And to have him sort of go through the, the origin story and continuing saga of Vermont green and hear him asking the questions and responding and leading, you know, listeners from all over the world through this, this journey made me like, I like, I was, it was getting dusty in there. I'll be honest, man. Like it, it, I was like, yeah, what's happening here is really amazing. It's really exceptional. And to hear somebody come from the outside and sort of pick apart that story and, and be like, this is just bonkers is, is, was awesome. I loved hearing his take on it and hearing him share it with, with the rest of the world. It's a real megaphone because have you seen the guests he has? Have you seen their, their uh, social media footprint? I mean, you know, I can't imagine how many people was their first time ever hearing about us was from this podcast. And, you know, I think it's going to I think it's made a difference. And uh, we may not see those effects for now, but, you know, it definitely puts us on the stage of, you know, this little passion project that people are now aware of. And it doesn't feel so little when you're stuck in the middle of it. But when you kind of zoom out and, you know, you have these large scale audiences like Men in Blazers, um, it's kind of surreal. You, you know. think we're going to have a welcome to Wrexham uh, in in Vermont here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I honestly like, uh, and the guy is, the guy is so genuinely like excited and excitable. Like, mm-hmm. you know, talking to him, uh, just like 
we got to go up on stage and sing the song. Right. And, and that was super fun. And then like, he left his, his show, his show notes there. We kind of all took some and, you know, I got his, I got the show notes signed and he was so genuinely nice and excited to sign that for me. I like, I said, sorry, Raj, I stole, you know, one of your show notes and uh, can you sign it for me? And he's like, yeah, sure. And then he said, who should I sign it to? And I was like, Mike, well, actually all my friends call me Poppy and he wrote Mike and then he wrote Poppy on the other side. And then he wrote underneath two names, <laughs> which I found, <laughs> which I found pretty goddamn funny. Like the, the guy was like, he took an actual interest and was listening to me when I, when I spoke to him. Um, and then, you know, of course, our friend, friend of the pod, Terry had to tell him that I was a, you know, Spurs, Spurs supporter. And, uh, he started up a, a nice little, he hates his friends, uh, you know, so that was kind of that was kind of wonderful for me. I mean, so I have my own takeaway from it, but I mean, it was great for him to come and again, like, be so gracious and 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 so so excited to be in Vermont, and you know, and he covered a lot all of the Vermont stuff. Yeah, he like just like while checking his feed during his like forty eight hours here, he hit up like a couple dozen places in the greater Burlington area, and definitely got as good a sense as you can of what Burlington's all about in a short span. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I'll just echo what you said. Like he's a genuine dude, like seeing him before and after the show and during the show, like that's what you see is what you get. And that's always like a nice thing to discover about someone that you really like is that their public persona is also their like actual persona. So uh, Raj, thanks for coming up. If you're listening. <laughs> sure you are. <laughs> So uh, I think we're coming up on some time here, guys. Um, Again, like we have uh, a little bit of fixture congestion coming up, but uh, obviously some winnable games. Um, And then we have the Western Western mass game coming up on father's day weekend uh, back at vivid field. Uh, So, or vivid field, (laughs) virtue field. I got got that vivid. I did it again. That's the second week in a row. Um, It's to come. Um, it w- yeah yeah it uh will be a vivid vivid coffee uh vivid coffee field uh vivid coffee stadium maybe someday um but we have uh you know a home a home match uh that's uh that's going to be fun to watch uh it it's another friendly um and and that club's coming up to uh to to give the fans a show um Hopefully we get to see some of our favorites again. We get to see Sam McCann, uh, who joined us in the stands this week, uh, which, which was really nice to, to, you know, to, you know, again, sit and talk with Sam, get his, you know, ideas on the, on what was happening in the Seacoast game. Um, would love to have him on again. And, uh, you know, going forward, let's put Seacoast behind us and, and, and move on. Uh, any final thoughts from you guys? I just want to shout out really quick that uh, Diarbian scored again. Uh, I think he's up to four goals on the season. Is it four goals? Um, it's at, at least, least three. It's either three or it's either three, three or four. Or four. Yeah. Uh, I, I choose to believe four. Uh, by the way, Vermont Green, if you're listening, put the stats on the website. I'd love to see goals and assists. But anyway, I'm off topic here. I think he's a fantastic player. Love seeing him play. Uh, and he's starting almost every match now. Um, so, you know, 
I hope to see him score some more goals. Yep. Uh, yeah, amazing start. He and, and Zach have been outstanding. I think uh, Musa has also been like a defensive revelation in midfield. And um, you know, shout out to to Daniel Pacella for just doing doing putting in the miles and doing the dirty work in the midfield. That's that's a an unsung spot, and um, he's consistently doing that. Um, but yeah, uh, onward and upward, and I think we're looking at a string of wins ahead of us. Uh, before that, a friendly with Kingston Stockade. Um, shout out to the eight or so folks who are coming up. I've been in touch with their supporters group. Um, really excited to hang out with those guys tomorrow. And um, yeah, welcome, welcome in advance to Virtue Field. All right. Well, that's the uh, end of the podcast for tonight. So uh, uh, any final words from either guys? Up the green. Up the green. Up the green. And let's be safe, everyone. <laughs>